Jake takes a break while the Colts are near the end of 2022 training camp. I have a special guest here today to break down what he saw at Colts training camp, the second to the last practice of the year. All that and much more on today's episode of Locked on Colts. Let's get to it. You are Locked on Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Colts fans, thank you so much for tuning in and making us your number one listen of the day. This is your daily podcast covering the Indianapolis Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Brightco Jewelry and Watch Insurance. Brightco brings you comprehensive, fast, and affordable jewelry insurance as low as $5 a month. Check out your check out your special offer for locked on listeners and get covered in under two minutes at bright.com forward slash locked on. That's bright.com forward slash locked on. I'm Zach Hicks, and today I'm not joined by Jay Garth. That's why you have me kind of running the intro for the first time. And honestly, guys, it took me like 10 minutes to actually get that intro down. Uh, and our wonderful guest, Andrew Moore here, was sitting through it all just laughing. So, <laughs> Andrew, introduce yourself. Tell the people where they get to find your work. And welcome to the show for the second time. Yeah, thanks, Zach. Uh, yeah, you can follow me at Andrew Moore NFL. Uh, I write with Zach and Jake at HorseshoeHuddle.com for FanNation on SI.com. Uh, and I'm also co-host of a Colts podcast. So make sure to subscribe to that as well as this awesome podcast that I occasionally find myself on. But uh, yeah, excited to be back. Excited to talk some Colts football with you today, Zach. Yeah, dude. Anytime Jake takes a break, you're going to jump on. And uh, next time we'll have you run the intro stuff because it wasn't, <laughs> wasn't as clean as what it should have been, but it's fine. It's fine. We're having fun today. Uh, but guys, some news and notes that we have to run through today. Uh, because we did not have a podcast that went up yesterday, uh, the Colts did make their final two uh, roster moves to get the roster down to uh, 81 players. Uh, obviously 81, counting Marcel Dabo as that extra player. Uh, but they waived Alex Millett, uh center Alex Millett, and running back CJ Verdell. Not really a surprise there, right, Andrew? Yeah, neither one of them really showed much throughout camp or the preseason, uh, especially Millette. He was he did not impress me at all along the offensive right. line. So those there so far there really haven't been any surprising cuts that the Colts have made, in my opinion. Yeah, like maybe maybe Jason Spriggs before the first game, but again, that was more of a you know, you're a veteran, we want to give you a chance to pick up with someone else. Right. So, I mean, you know, it wasn't like that. But uh, going into today now, uh, that, that was all yesterday stuff. Going into today, the following players did not practice on Wednesday. Safety, Will Redman. Cornerback, Isaiah Rogers, who is still dealing with a concussion. Uh, linebacker, Brandon King. Offensive tackle, Dennis Kelly, who is still out for quite a bit with that knee injury. Hopefully he's back by week one. Uh, and center, Ryan Kelly, missed today's practice. Uh, they, they said for COVID-related reasons. I don't know if they specified that he has COVID or he was a close contact. Uh, but yeah, Ryan Kelly was also out with COVID. Yeah, so from a Colts spokesperson there at camp today, uh, they said that that Kelly was out due to a positive COVID test. So okay. it does it does mean I do think that puts his status in doubt for for Sunday's game or Saturday night's game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where the the Colts starters are expected to play about a half or so. Uh, but but as we'll talk about, Danny Pinter slid in at at center today, and there was some shuffling along the offensive line. 
Yep, yep, and I, that's exactly what I wanted to throw in there real quick was uh, filling in for Ryan Kelly. Uh, at the starting offensive line was Danny Pinter at center. They had Will Fries for a bit at right guard, and then I also saw – I think Braden Smith slid down the right guard for a bit, right? I think that that's what you put out there, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the Colts, the original start, when the first team offense was out there, the original line was, of course, Matt Pryor at left tackle, Quentin Nelson left guard, Danny Pinter slid from right guard over to center, Will Fries came from the second team up to right guard, and, of course, Braden Smith was at right tackle. But the Colts also did a little bit of shuffling just to test some things out. Bernard Raymond, the rookie left tackle out of Central Michigan, came up and played left tackle with the first team, got some snaps next to Quentin Nelson. When that happened, Matt Pryor, who's the left tackle, sw swung on over to the right side and played right tackle, and Braden Smith slotted in at right guard. So just the Colts trying some different combinations along the line in case some guys do get hurt. And there are some times where they need to shuffle, shuffle some things around. Definitely doesn't hurt, especially when you're trying to get Bernard Raymond as many reps as possible there at left tackle. So that's what training camp is for to test out these different situations and give guys different opportunities that they could, they could find themselves in when the regular season comes about. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then some more news and notes. Uh, unfortunately, punter uh, Rigoberto Sanchez was placed on IR today. Uh, they did confirm that it was a torn Achilles that he suffered uh, running gassers at the end of practice on Tuesday. Uh, the Colts replacing, are replacing him, uh, presumably, or at least for the time being, uh, with veteran punter Matt Hack, who they signed after a successful workout. Uh, Hack it was a punter that last played with the Buffalo Bills last season, got beat out by the punk god Matt Ariza uh, in, in training camp. So Matt Hack, you know, he, he's a solid punter. I, I don't know. I don't know too much about punters, but, I mean, he's fine. Like, at this point in the offseason, he's probably the best you're going to get. Right. You're you're not going to be able to replace Rigoberto Sanchez. I mean, the, the guy punts at a Pro Bowl level, pretty much. Right. I mean, he he goes out there, he does his job, and he does it well. He's he's done it well since he came to Indianapolis back in 2017. So and, and Bubba Ventrone when talking to us in the media today, he 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 was visibly upset and emotional talking about Rigoberto Sanchez. How he had a he had a shirt on that said they had Rigoberto on there. Uh, there's not going to be a way that they replace this 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 punter, but the Colts are going to do everything they can, bringing in a veteran in in Matt Hack, who is kind of a similar style to to Sanchez. Doesn't have the strongest leg, more of a directional punter, uh, but mm -hmm. but he's he's accurate. He can hold. Uh, Bubba Ventron was talking about how they've had other players hold in the past, even if if who, who, at the time they didn't know who, they didn't say that Hack was going to be signed, but the, the Colts are going to be able to adapt. So we might see some some different guys in different roles, but yeah, I would say that Hack was probably the best available punter on the market and, and the Colts picked him up right away. Right, right. And, you know, another little little note to throw out there is my guy, Trevor Denbo, who I cannot go a podcast without talking about apparently lately, uh, was the punter, the stand-in punter today in practice. He actually did punt a little bit at uh, SMU in college. So fun little fact there. Uh, last little note we got to go through before we jump to the offense is uh, a little bit of an injury scare today in practice. Uh, breakout Potential breakout defensive end Quiddy Pay uh, went down with a knee injury uh, early in, in, in the day. And you could just, again, I could feel the tension in that practice stadium just from hundreds of miles away over in Virginia because every time you hear knee injury and then you hear it's getting wrapped up on the sideline and 
and trainers are looking at it and he walks off gingerly you're like oh crap an acl injury so but it seems like the there's some optimism with this one right yeah i mean what when it first happened and pay is laying there on the grass in westfield you could have heard a pin drop the music stopped yeah. immediately all the fans went dead silent all of us all along the sideline were holding our breath but yeah quitty pay it was it was a contact injury so it wasn't like it was non-contact or anything um he was able to to come to his feet he walked off the field under his own power uh, at first it looked like he was it was a knee injury he was grabbing his knee uh and and in pain but as he went over to the sideline the colts trainers looked at it taped him up it looked like the tape started from from just below the knee and it went down his calf so okay. he 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 said sat out the rest of practice by the end of practice the wrap was off and he was walking around obviously wasn't running and they weren't testing anything out but that's a i think it's a good sign that he stayed for for the entirety of practice they took the wrap off which presumably was just an ice wrap and he was walking around didn't when i was watching him which i tried to watch him intently at the end of practice i didn't notice a limp or anything he was just yeah. walking slowly so We'll, we'll have to see. Um, at this point, I think it's probably not too serious if they didn't immediately take him away from practice. He did stay on the sidelines through the rest of uh, rest of that that team activity and through the rest of practice, actually. So, But we'll have to wait for official confirmation from the Colts about what the severity of that injury is. And hope for the best is, is all yeah. we could say. I, one thing I'll throw in before we get to our next segment here is uh, I had someone message me that has been one of my more trusted inside guys with the Colts. He did message me saying the Colts believe at this moment that it is more of a bone bruise on, you know, on the knee or around the knee area than anything else. Now I will say as someone who's had a bone bruise before that hurts like crap. So I could totally get why he was limping off and had to be taped up because for the first couple of days when you have a bone bruise, it's the worst, <laughs> worst pain ever, but uh, it's so much better than anything else that it could have been. Uh, so it looks like the Colts kind of avoided a scare there. But you know what? You know what's kind of a really scary thing for most guys: marriage proposals. <laughs> We've all <laughs> seen those videos online of marriage proposal fails, where someone drops the ring into an unreachable spot, or if keeping up, <laughs> keeping up with the Kardashians is your thing. Chris Humphreys roast Kim for her reaction to losing her earrings. Uh, it can be cringy, but to be honest, it's entertaining. <laughs> Here's the lesson: you don't want to be that guy, and you certainly don't want it splattered all over the internet. The guys at Brightco Jewelry Insurance will make sure you get a replacement for the value of that ring. No matter if it's lost, stolen, or just or you just can't figure out what happened to it, go to bright.co forward slash locked on. It's the fastest, easiest, and cheapest way to cover your butt with the best jewelry insurance in the business. Brightco has a bunch of those hilarious videos that you can see for yourself at bright.co forward slash locked on. Colts fans, thanks again for making Locked On Colts your first listen every day. Make sure you check out the ultimate pro football preview starting August 31st, an eight-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NFL season. The local team experts of the Locked On Podcast Network and Audacity NFL Insiders all combine to one ultimate NFL preview. Starting August 31st, search for Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 on your Audacity app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Andrew. So we're going to pick your brain a little bit here. You were watching practice. I know you can't watch every single thing that goes on, but starting with the offense, what were some things that stood out to you? What are some guys that stood out to you? What did you kind of see from the offense in this practice? So today, uh, Matt Ryan really stood out to me. And I mean, we, we kind of know what we can expect out of Matt Ryan 
day in and day out at this point in camp. But but today he was very, very accurate with the football. And, and I mean, he generally is, but it just seemed like he was putting the ball in the perfect place over and over again. He was testing this, this, not only the defenders, but his receivers, because he was throwing it to receivers in tight spaces, in traffic. And, and I think that's good for this wide receiver group and this tight end group because we've kind of seen some drops throughout the preseason throughout training camp and and the Colts want to get that corrected by the time the games start to matter but yeah I had Matt Ryan as as 10 of 12 on the day in full team periods he had a touch a deep touchdown to Paris Campbell along the left sidelines where Paris kind of had to twist in midair to grab it great catch by Paris Campbell so Matt Ryan first and foremost really stood out to me today and I think he like I was said he kind of tested his wide receivers and tight ends a little bit. And, and granted they are, they were in shells and shorts right. today. It wasn't full pads, but, but they seem to, to rise to the challenge and, and make some pretty contested catches. Yeah. So you've been there for a lot of these practices, obviously this year. Um, and you've seen Matt Ryan kind of working with the, these guys from day one to now, do you think you've kind of seen that chemistry and that comfortability kind of grow as practices have gone on? Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I would say it was very obvious in the beginning portion of training camp. Matt Ryan was spending so much time with these wide receivers after each play, just talking them through how he likes the route to be run, where he expects them to be on each individual play. And and you you might still see that from time to time, but you don't see that near as much. These wide receivers, the and this is what Matt Ryan has kind of talked about over the past couple of weeks, they may be a young group, but they're a smart group, and they're a group that really works hard and wants to get better. I mean, we know Michael Pittman Jr.'s work ethic. We we know about Alec Pierce and how he's really attacked this Colts offense this this summer. Paris Campbell has everything to prove in a contract year this this season. So when you have guys like that on the team that that want to be great and and want to prove the outside world wrong. It's, it makes for a good a good connection between a quarterback who's who's very hard on his receiving group. So, yeah, I, I definitely think the connection is building, especially the uh, the Matt Ryan to Michael Pittman Jr. connection. Michael Pittman Jr. and this is not an exaggeration, caught probably at least half of the balls. Probably <laughs> so. Say Matt Ryan was ten of twelve in full team period. I'd say Michael Pittman caught probably five or six of those. Michael Pittman Jr. is going to catch a lot of balls in this offense. And that connection between number two and number 11, it's already clicking on full cylinders. Now, that's great to see. I mean, Michael Pittman Jr. is the, you know, the second most important skill player. You know, it might be the most important skill player, depending on how you view running backs uh, when it comes to this Colts offense. So that's great to see. The other skill player I want to ask you about is, though, like, I feel like we've seen these last couple weeks. Like, obviously, Michael Pittman Jr. is Michael Pittman Jr., Alec Pierce, we've seen the growth, and we've seen a lot of buzz coming his way. Obviously, Mike Strawn and Des Patman stole the show this past preseason game. It feels like Paris Campbell was kind of under the radar. It seems like since that knee injury a couple weeks ago where he, like, or I think it was his hamstring that was a little tight. Mm -hmm. I think that's what it was. Hamstring was tight. He came back to practice the next day. And since then, I haven't really heard much of him. But today, I mean, I was seeing Paris Campbell this, Paris Campbell that. Uh, what did you see from Paris Campbell today? And you see, And you think that he was kind of getting back on – kind of back on track today 
Yeah, he looked good. I the, I think the biggest thing that has plagued Paris Campbell the past few practices has plagued a lot of the young wide receivers in drops. He's dropped a couple here and there. Today he had very sure hands. There was one play right over the middle. I think this was in seven on seven where he was between Zaire Franklin and, and Bobby Okereke. And Matt Ryan put it right on the money. Both linebackers, while they're, they're only in shells, they, they kind of sandwiched him a little bit and he was yeah. still able to hold on and for a good 12 to 15 yard gain. And then obviously the touchdown throw from Matt Ryan to Paris Campbell along the left sideline. So I think Paris Campbell, a lot of it with him is confidence. It's, it's, mm-hmm. a, you gotta get him involved and you gotta build his confidence up. And for a guy, because that he has missed three straight seasons with filled with injuries, uh, you think you probably have to expect that to be honest, because you any any time you have something, even if your hamstring was just a little tight, human nature in his head is going to be in the back of his mind saying, "Oh no, here we go again." So being yeah. able to get him the ball and and make sure he's a priority, I think, just helps Paris Campbell until he can get his feet under him and really establish himself in this offense. But yeah, I think today was one of his better days that we've seen in a week or two. Love it. Love it. Because, yeah, I thought he was kind of flying under the radar a bit recently. And, and you know, by all means, it wasn't because he was terrible. It's just those other guys were stepping up. I wanted to see more Paris Campbell. And then with all your tweets going out to say it was Paris Campbell this, Paris Campbell that, I was like, okay, cool. We're good. We're good. Uh, one more position group I want to talk about because running backs I really don't care about right now because they have their three guys. Like, they're, they're set mm-hmm. there. Uh, this offensive line, though, we, we touched on it in the opening segment where, you know, new guys were out there. I want to kind of talk a little bit about Danny Pinter and Will Fry. So we'll start We'll start with Danny Pinter real quick. He moved over to center, and I know a lot of beat guys and stuff have said all camp, like he looks just better at center, you know, looks a lot more comfortable. Uh, did that kind of stay true today? Did he look just like Danny Pinter of old at center instead of like the iffy play we've seen at right guard in camp? Yeah, that, that word comfortable I think is perfect because Danny Pinter, I mean – We've seen how he's he's done a, a decent job in camp, I would say. He hasn't been great, but he hasn't been terrible either. He's He's been decent, and maybe that's what we can expect for a guy that's playing right guard for the first time in his career. But when he, when you move him to that center spot, the spot that he's he's been the past couple of years, being the backup to Ryan Kelly, he does look more comfortable. It didn't yeah. seem like the interior of the offensive line really collapsed much today. And and that's that's a credit to him, but also it's a credit to Will Fries for stepping up and going up against guys like DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart right there in the middle of that of that offensive and defensive line battle. So so yeah, I would say he did look more comfortable. Now hopefully he can transition that to right guard so there's not as many holes. But but I think the Colts still want to keep him fresh in the event that something like this does happen and Ryan mm-hmm. Kelly cannot go. They still have a, a a guy that's more than more than ready to step in and play that crucial center role to being able to get all the guys set up on the, on the offensive line, call the checks, call on all the blitz protections, things like that. Yeah, and my last question, just touch on this real quick before we get to our last segment. Will Fries is going to be this year's Chris Reed. You know, I feel pretty confident. Mm-hmm. And saying that, like it, it, they've kind of shown us that all all season, he's going to be that reserve interior lineman. Uh, from what you see in the preseason, and obviously what you saw today, what's your comfort level right now with Will Fries being in that role? I think Will Fries. When you look at 
all the second year players, you'd have to put Will Fries up there as one of the guys that's taken one of the biggest jumps. You may not mm-hmm. see it because Will Fries isn't one of the starters, but that's because you have an all pro guard on one side and a guy that they've had in the works for, for three years on the other and a pro bowl level center right there. Will Fries, he's played left guard in the preseason games. He's played right guard throughout camp. He, I think would be their, their third string center or their emergency yep. center if they yep. need to, but he's a guy that, and I know you did work on him last, last year. I did some work on him, just kind of finding out how his personality is. This guy is a football guy through and through the man eats, yep sleeps and breathes football all he cares about is getting better at his craft and and we've seen that this offseason i think just his footwork looks better he he looks stronger he looks like he can contain better and yeah chris reed is the perfect comparison because i think anywhere with especially in those guard spots any two of those guys go down will fries is going to be the first guy called up Absolutely. Will Fries has come in and secured a job this offseason you know how a lot of people secure jobs in the real world through LinkedIn. Uh, if, as you guys gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Some word vomit for me today, guys. I apologize. I'm doing a lot of talking in these ads today. <laughs> Add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Andrew, let's close this out with some defense talk. Now, uh, again, you were probably more focused on the offense because the offense is just more fun to watch in general. But what did you <laughs> see from the defense today? What was some, what, Who were some standouts on that side of the ball? Yeah, the offense definitely won the day. And I think you can expect that when they're not in pads. That's kind of been the trend right. of camp so far. When, when they're in shells and shorts, usually the offense wins. When they're in pads, the defense has had the upper hand. So obviously you can't tackle. Uh, you can't necessarily – lay a big hit on somebody but i think i think what we can still look at is the one-on-one battles and and there were some good ones i mean stefan gilmore going up against michael Pittman, uh kenny moore going up against alec pierce uh the the, the offense won six the defense won six today from what i was watching um so so pretty even but yeah, I think for the most part, the Colts were working on a lot of zone beaters today on offense. Um, so that's what I typically saw the defense in. There were a couple times where where DeForest Buckter and Unique Ngakwe got through the offensive line for for sacks of Nick Foles. Uh, that's always good to see your your main guys along that defensive line really showing through. But yeah, I think the offense won the day, but I don't necessarily think that means that the, the defense had a bad day. It was just kind of what the, exactly the team was working on as they head towards the Buccaneers game on Saturday and, and into the regular season. Yeah, yeah. I, I did see today the Julian Blackman apparently had a really flashy interception. Did you happen to see that live? 
Yeah, so Blackman did have a nice interception of of Nick Foles when the second team offense was going up against the first team defense. So he sailed it a little high, and and Blackman, who he's been making plays throughout camp. I really think this this defensive scheme is going to take Blackman's play to the next level. I think Blackman was already a pretty pretty solid safety. Mm-hmm. But it just fits into his strengths. I mean, he can sit in the center of the field. He can really read what the play is doing because he's a very smart player and and use his athletic traits, his explosiveness, which in person I don't see has has degraded at all from the Achilles injury. I, Blackman looks like he's all the way back and looks like he's in prime form. So, yeah, I, I think 2022. If I'm if you're a betting man. Put your money on Julian Blackman as having a, a coming out party in 2022 because I think he's ready to establish himself as one of the better young safeties, maybe even one of the better safeties in the NFL. Yeah, and something I love about the, the safety duo that the Colts are going to roll out this season, or honestly the safety trio, because we, we mm-hmm. can throw Ronnie McLeod in there as well. The safety trio I think is the most versatile trio, duo, whatever you want to call it, that Gus Bradley has probably ever had. Because, I mean, you even look back at the Legion of Boom days, you had Earl Thomas was definitely your deep guy. Cam Chancellor was your box guy. You didn't really have much versatility there. Then, obviously, mm-hmm. with the Chargers, he had the ultimate weapon in Derwin James, but he never really had another versatile guy with him. Uh, then with the with the Raiders last year, it was very defined roles with Trayvon Moore being the deep guy. Jonathan Abram had to be in the box. This year, with, with I mean, again, with all three of these guys, they can play everywhere. You know, you could have snaps where Nick crosses the deep safety and Julian Blackman's in the box. You'd have cross covering a slot receiver with Blackman over the top. You can have both of them in man coverage. Uh, there is a lot of versatility to go around in the safety group. And I do think the sky's the limit uh, with these guys. Uh, jumping to another topic, I, again, I don't know if you particularly noticed this, but this is just the nerdy stuff that I am curious about. When Pay went down with his injury, who, who kind of came in with that first team defense? Who was kind of that next man up for him? Yeah, so it was Tyquan Lewis, and and Tyquan Lewis stepped in at that big end position uh, when they were on their their pass rushing downs. I think what happened was was Tyquan would go from the big end, slide inside to be next to Buckner, and then Dio Dangbo would come in and be the big end on on those for the first team. But Tyquan Lewis has looked good. I think I think the more that we or the farther we go along the more that Tyquan Lewis can kind of get his legs under him because that torn patellar tendon that he suffered last year against Tennessee, that's a big injury. And it takes time for guys to come back from that. We've, we've gradually seen it. He didn't play in that first preseason game, played in the second. And honestly, he was probably one of the standouts along a defensive line that, that really kind of struggled yeah. against the Detroit Lions. But Tyquan Lewis looks like with each practice, he's getting his legs underneath him. He's getting stronger and he's becoming a he's kind of asserting himself into a role where you can where the Colts originally thought he could do be plugged in at either defensive end or defensive tackle and be a nice addition to this defensive line. So yeah, as of right now, I would say that Tyquan Lewis is the backup to Quiddy pay and, and the Colts really like where his progress is at this point. Yeah. I think, I think as all season has gone on, we've seen a lot more clarity on this defensive line where the three guys who are going to be out there. Almost every pass rushing snap are, are going to be Yannick Nagakwe, Quiddy pay and DeForest Buckner. They're always going to be out there. Uh, and the next two guys up are Taekwon Lewis and Dio Dangbo. And that could be either one of them being the other defensive tackle next to DeForest Buckner or mm-hmm. being a rotational guy. If pay were to miss a pass rushing snap or Yannick would have to come out for a snap. Those are, those are your two next guys up, which I really, I, I like that big five. I, that's a, that's a great 
you know, starting five there, you know, five guys that you're rotating. Obviously, you know, Ben Banigou and uh, Afedi Adenigbo, if they both make the team, will get some run as well. Uh, but I do think that's a pretty solid uh, group of pass rushers. It's just, can they put it all together there? Um, but I, yeah, do we have anything else here from defense, Andrew? Anything else that stood out to you today? I think I think just the continued progression of the the backups along the interior of the defensive line and i know you you put out a film piece today on the site about how that might be one of the the weaknesses of the colts in 2022 i mean we've got they've got young guys all along there with eric johnson and curtis brooks but we really haven't seen any of the defensive tackles behind DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart really flash and really cement themselves as somebody that can, is going to be able to contribute right away. So yeah, we, we've got, we've got those, those core five guys that you talked about six, if you include, include Grover Stewart, but there's still gotta be some others. Cause as Chris Ballard always says, he likes to have eight or nine guys that he can consistently rotate there along the defensive line. So there's still, still guys that we're going to need to watch and guys that need, that need to prove themselves, especially along the interior of that defensive line as the Colts inch towards week one. Yep. Massive, massive dress rehearsal games for, for coming up against the bucks for guys like Curtis Brooks, Eric Johnson, Chris Williams, who's now back in practice, Byron mm-hmm. Howard, uh, those guys all need to do whatever they can to make the roster here. But that's all we have for today, guys. Uh, again, I am not Jake Arthur reading off all of this stuff. I'm Zach Hicks, so please let me know in the comments if you guys liked or loved me being the main host. But we'll be back with you guys tomorrow for the final training camp practice of the year. I'm just going to stop reading and just do my own thing. I'm going off script. Then they have their preseason finale this Saturday at Lucas Oil Stadium against the Buccaneers. You can follow me on social media at Zach Hicks too. You can follow Jake on uh, on social media as well at Jake Arthur NFL. Uh, he wasn't at camp today, but I do think he'll be back tomorrow if all things go well. Uh, send all your uh, you know your love and condolences to him. He's not feeling well right now. Uh, follow all of our written work on HorseshoeHuddle.com and make sure you guys are following Andrew Moore. I know I shout him out quite a bit on these things uh, at Andrew Moore NFL. He does some great work. Also with this podcast, uh, a Colts podcast. Uh, it's a, always a great listen. Uh, and then you guys can subscribe to the show here on, on YouTube. Uh, we are, I think, at like 920 subs. So we're close. We're closing. <laughs> closing in. Closing we're closing in. in. <laughs> closing in. Uh, thanks again, guys, for making Locked On Colts your first listen today. Now make Locked On Fantasy Football your second listen. Find the intellectual fantasy expert, Vinny Iyer, who brings over 20 years of NFL expertise in a unique angle to give you the moves no one else has. Get ready for your fantasy draft with Locked On Fantasy Football. We'll see you tomorrow.